Welcome back to Life in the Clouds with your hosts, Brittany and Dustin. This week, the episode will be a little bit shorter because it's just me. I'll be talking about operations engineering, uh, so software engineering that supports operations of a business. You know, why I like it, why I've been in it for a sizable portion of my career, and what the options, uh, opportunities, and problems that we try to solve. This is a bit based on a talk that I gave at NRF Big Show back in January, National Retail Federation, uh, to some prospective students who were looking at getting into a career in retail. So hope you enjoy, hope you glean some information. Thanks for joining us. I've been in operations software for about four of the last six years of my career. At Home Depot, I came in in store operations software, spent about two and a half years there across a few different functions. Um, Our store operations software group was the team that supported all the software that ran in stores. So things running on point of sale systems, design systems, various kiosks, mobile apps in the store, closed circuit television cameras, anything and everything that use technology to run in the store, our team was responsible for it. My primary focus in that time was our mobile device platform team, uh, which Home Depot has publicly published information and press releases about the first phone. Uh, I was in charge of the first phone platform in the stores. Uh, I took a little bit of a break from Ops Software to uh, expand my horizons a little bit. And the last couple of years I was at Depot, I was more in our application platform, so enterprise technology group, where software engineers were my customer. And then when I came to Wayfair a little over uh, 10 months ago, I took the role as part of a, part of the reason was that I wanted to get back into operation software. So now I am in supply chain, software engineering, which again supports operations from a slightly different perspective. If you think about the stores that Home Depot runs, they effectively operate as warehouses and to some extent fulfillment centers for things that you get delivered from the stores. Uh, So there's a lot of analogs there as I came into the supply chain system, but I've definitely learned a ton since I've been focused on that space. What is operation software? I gave you a little bit of an overview of specifically what I have done in the realm, but generally the way that I view operation software is software that supports anything that is under the chief operating officer's purview at a firm. Essentially, anything that has to deal with getting goods to your ultimate customers. So that's fairly obvious within a retail environment. You know, you have customers that are buying things, you're sourcing them from suppliers, from uh, stocking facilities, and ultimately fulfilling them to customers. Uh, This also includes the... uh, factory operations in other businesses, right? So if you're running factory assembly lines or things like that, the software that runs to support all of the factory lines and whatnot. So it's pretty much anything that's fundamentally tied to the operating model of the company and how the company uh, delivers goods to fulfill their obligations to make money. So why do I love operation software? So first and foremost, Engineers have the ability to make a big impact on people's lives. In operation software, you 
are targeting a user base that's a little bit different from the general app development or website development space. If you're doing app development or site development that's targeting a broad base of customers, pretty much anybody who will download your app or visit your site, uh, you have a little bit of a leeway as far as the, you're not inflicting unnecessary uh, damage or frustration or stress on your users because they're electing to use your software. You know, if it's on a mobile device, they can, you know, close the app or, you know, on a browser, navigate away from the web page and not think two things of it. Yeah, you might take a little bit of a pride hit or a revenue hit if you're not keeping customers engaged, but you're not really directly blocking or impacting their lives to a large extent if your software is not working. In operation software, essentially the folks that use your software have to use the software as part of their jobs, which ends up being a sizable portion of their lives. So if you think about a person who is working in a store or a warehouse facility that's, you know, they may be working eight hour shifts, they have to be using software, mobile devices, terminals, pretty much all throughout those shifts these days. They don't have a choice to close an app or navigate to a different site. They have to use your software. So any improvements that you can make are directly improving the work lives of the associates on the floor and you know thereby their lives directly because folks do spend so much time at work. Specific examples of this that you can see day to day, right, is if you're in a grocery store or a coffee shop or any other retailer, you've almost certainly seen frustrations where maybe the point of sale registers are down, inventory lookups aren't working quite right, and the customers that are in the store generally get very agitated if that's the case. Through no fault of the store workers themselves, it's a very, very stressful and anxiety-inducing scenario when you're working on the floor and your technology is not working as you expect it. So anything that you can do to improve, one, the stability, and two, the ease of use or you know simplicity of the workflows for the folks in the field will go a long way to improve and impact the, the lives of the associates on the floor. Outside of the direct impacts to folks' lives, I also enjoy myself getting out into the field. So traveling to not just visit the sites, yeah, visiting the sites and establishing relationships with field leaders is important, but my favorite part of it is actually doing the jobs that our software supports, right? So. If I've got an app that supports picking in a, in a store or a warehouse, actually getting onto the floor, using checking out a device from the stock and actually working a whole shift to pick product from the inventory. That gives you a little bit of a different framing for the impacts that your software actually makes because in, when you're sitting on a chair at a computer in a nice air-conditioned office with relatively little distractions, current open floor plans, not necessarily withstanding, but on the factory floor or a warehouse floor, it's a quite different environment. Generally, you're on your feet on concrete for an entire shift. Uh, if you're in a store, you're having to deal with customers pretty much continually as you're also trying to get various shift tasks done. It could be a very challenging environment and the software 
feels very different using it and testing it in a corporate office environment versus actually being in the field and doing the job. Uh, so, and, and that, that's true kind of across the board. So it's not just, hey, go in, go to the field, pick a couple orders, you'll see what it's like. It's really getting up and starting when the shift starts. If that's, you know, we're doing truck loadouts at three in the morning, that means getting up at three in the morning for the shift meeting, doing the shift meeting, um, doing whatever pre-work you need to do and working the entire shift through the, you know, taking the breaks and going through the entire shift because I will guarantee you that the seventh hour that you're on your feet on uh, concrete using an application that may have a bit of a clunky workflow or uh, a few defects feels a little bit different and a little bit more stressful than the first hour after you get up in the morning. So it's, it's really being able to get out into the field, being able to do the jobs and developing the empathy with the, with the associates and users. That's the real way to, you know, understand the business process and flows that your software supports and empathize with the field users themselves. And it's a great way to get ideas. The, the best ideas that anybody gets come from the users directly. So your power users in the field are typically the ones that you want to be talking to. You want to be uh, interviewing to get ideas for how to improve your software flows. You know, you may think that you can ideate various things, just taking a step back and looking at the process. But once you actually do it and actually talk to the people who have to do this all day, every day as part of their job, uh, you get a little bit of a different lens on the problems that you're trying to solve. Once again, we want to thank our sponsor, G1 Consulting Group at g1cg.com. If you need any help with any technology projects, whether it's to get one off the ground, get one across the finish line, just need general advice and guidance, uh, check out the folks at G1 Consulting Group. They've got a great team of individuals to help you out with any kind of problem uh, or concerns you have with technology delivery. So thanks again. Um, additionally, so outside of the you know ability to improve people's lives directly as well as my enjoyment of getting into the field. I like the direct financial impacts that operation software delivers, right? Generally, these are not the systems that are driving top line revenue, right? So it's not gonna be the front end of your website that's generating sales. Um, in physical stores, uh, you, you will probably have a fa fair amount of sales supporting services um, and things that essentially book revenue uh, but it's it, it's largely the the tip of the iceberg maybe is revenue generation, but the bulk of operation software is support of delivering on commitments for which you book revenue. So it's actually are you able to do the thing you commit to do when you make a promise to a customer and take their money? So in retail, that's delivering the product that the customer has purchased on time on promise. In factory operations, you know, if it's a B2B scenario, that's, you know, delivering the volume of product at the quality that the customer expects at the time that they expect and various other things like that. So the financial impacts are huge. And the, the unique thing about operations engineering is that most of the value that you can get is from optimizations and 
uh, cost reduction or cost maintenance, right? So if you're growing a company or even if you have an established company with uh, lower growth rates, you still want your revenue growth to outpace the growth rate of your operations costs. Otherwise, you're not providing a whole lot of additional value. So that's always a challenge as businesses, as companies scale in various ways to keep the operations costs low in relation to the revenue. And in particular, you want the growth curve of the revenue to exceed as much as possible the growth curve of your operations costs, which is a very easy thing to say, but a very difficult thing to do in practice because you know, it's hard to translate and, uh, you know, balance the fixed costs and variable costs of operations. And sometimes, you know, if you sell an additional unit, you don't want to have that match one for one additional cost to deliver the unit. Um, so operation software involves a lot of optimization, looking for problems and ways to make processes more efficient in tandem with making the software itself more efficient, as well as bringing visibility to make informed analytical decisions around how you're going to be improving the software. What, what do careers look like in operation software engineering? Essentially, it's any role that a normal software engineering team would have, right? Uh, the, the best teams have very well-trained and uh, knowledgeable user experience researchers and designers. Those are folks that are, are able to, you know, have formal training in kind of design thinking and design practices, are able to build interview scripts and go interview the field users to elicit things that may not be intuitively obvious to folks either in the field or working on the software. Um, Obviously, the software engineers that build the products for for user feedback, product managers to make sure that everything is, uh, you know, prioritized and uh, road mapping. And then, you know, operations experts, obviously. So, folks that have been trained in the specific area of operations and can bring industry standard practices, processes, terminology, metrics, et cetera, to bear and in the uh, context of the software that you're bring, building. And the important thing about all these roles is that everybody should work as a whole team and everybody should get into the field with a, a fairly high degree of frequency. It's It's not necessarily realistic to go down to the field every time that you're you have a software release but at least on big releases and you know at, at least i would suggest keeping in mind a maximum amount of time between field visits even if you don't have anything that's you think may be explicitly warranting you know getting out to the field at least once a quarter you will keep you fresh keep you connected to the actual reality and the real world in which your software operates um, and it'll help prevent you know some of the ivory tower thinking that can start to happen and creep in uh, if you're developing uh, applications and technology in a bubble so how did i get into operations engineering originally and why do i why am i so passionate about it i would say that I kind of stumbled into the role initially at Home Depot. Um, I I had gotten it through a recruiter, which is a different story and a different podcast episode. But I had worked in uh, you know frontline restaurant service. I worked at Chili's in high school, and then I worked in a uh, 
pretty large direct mail print warehouse in Atlanta, uh, kind of as an internship out of college. So I have experience working in kind of line uh, food service and you know general like supply chain warehousing type environments and uh you know both of my parents work in uh similar capacities so you know it, it's kind of always been somewhat obvious to me in terms of the impacts the ability to uh, make changes and what's what's actually needed and I'd say definitely if you have never been in a role or a job where you've directly served somewhat of a mass market customer base, I'd highly recommend it. There is quite a difference in operating in a uh, in an area where you deal with pretty much anybody who decides to come into the place uh, at which you work. So you'll find a little bit uh, different uh, takes on you know, whether it's shopping or various different processes, then you might have if you stay in your own bubble, even in, you know, a corporate environment or, uh, you know, as you've built groups of friends and family, when you're in a when you're in a job that you have to essentially serve any customer who may walk in, you'll learn a lot more about the actual diversity of people in general, but also differing customer bases and it shines a pretty good light on you know what what concerns and what things that may not be inherently obvious to you based on like I said the bubbles that you've created for yourself so if you have an opportunity or you work at a company that has frontline shops I would say definitely try to work in them uh, it's a little bit intimidating at first right it's as software engineers you know it's not always easy to expose yourself to an environment where you don't know, you haven't really been trained, you don't necessarily know exactly what you're going to do. There's a lot of soft skills that are involved with a customer service job. So um, my encouragement there is just don't don't worry about it. Like people are generally understanding and things, especially if you're up front and say like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really spend much time here. I don't work here, but I'm trying to help you out. That's the main thing. Just be upfront and honest and don't stress out too much. Um, even if you make a mistake, it's, it's not that bad as long as you, uh, learn from it and <laughs> don't make the same mistake twice. All right. So that's about it for this episode. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit more brief. Just wanted to give you a, an introspection into, operations engineering, uh, why I love it, why I'm involved in it, why I'll probably continue to be involved in it for some time. So hopefully some of the folks that are listening to this uh, get their interest peaked and either consider uh, making a shift into ops engineering or, you know, if you are in an area where you have an ops engineer, if you're in a company where you have operations engineering or uh, frontline facilities, whether they be uh, you know, factories or warehouses or stores or restaurants. Uh, just even if you're not in the ops engineering, get out into the field and you know see what the frontline workers are doing. It'll give you a little bit more insight into the actual um, operations of the company. So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Take care. This week's episode is once again brought to us by our friends at G1 Consulting Group. That's g1cg.com. 
If you've got any kind of IT projects that you need help with or want to make your operating models a little bit more efficient from a program or initiative management perspective, the folks at G1 Consulting Group can definitely help you out with that. Um, they are they, they operate nationwide and have a fantastic leadership team. So uh, check them out if you do need help with any technology project management. That's G1CG.com.